Good evening, everyone. Uh, this is the first um, podcast for Ambassadors and Chains from uh, sounds good. Ephesians 6, 10. Anyway, my name is Shane Ruther. I'm here with Dan Doctor. And uh, we would like to open up with a, a word of prayer and uh, uh, get things kicked off that way. So, uh, Dan, if you want to take it. and Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Lord. We praise your holy name. We give you all thanks and praise and honor and glory just for who you are, for your love, and for the way that you take care of us. And uh, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for putting this on Shane's heart and for the energy he's been exuding about bringing the word out and to a larger audience. And so I just pray for the hearts and the minds of the people who are listening that you would open up their hearts to hear your word, that you maybe something that you would say through this time would speak to them, and that we give you all honor and praise and glory for everything you do. This is something that we want to just do with pure hearts and not for our glory. You, you get all the glory. And, um, but, Lord, we also know that there's just a grave need out there, so many grave needs, and, and a gathering darkness, and there's a lot of people in a lot of trouble and they need you and so father i pray that you just speak to us through them and and that uh, their hearts will be touched and we get to uh, lift your holy name up so help us to work through the bugs and and figure this thing out as we go and just we just want to love you and, and praise you with our life with our words and uh, let our motives be pure before you in jesus name we pray amen Sorry about that, Dan. <laughs> had, right. to, had, to, had to fiddle with his mic uh, while we was in the middle of his prayer. I apologize for that. Um, so, like he said, working out the bugs. This is our first episode of this, and uh, so it's going to be sketchy uh, getting started because neither one of us really know what we're doing. So, um, bear with us on this first one. But, uh, but um, you know, basically what we planned on doing here is uh, uh, we decided we'd talk this over uh, a lot between us, and we decided that, you know, it was uh, time to do something like this. Uh, we're, we're just uh, fed up with what we're seeing um, out there in the world right now, and uh, um, there's just too many things. People just don't know, uh, you know, what, what the gospel actually means, you know, um, and... Uh, you know, that's mainly what this podcast is going to be about, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and what it takes to receive that gift from God. Um, I believe there are a ton of people in this world who do not understand what the gospel actually means. Uh, you ask them, uh, and they, they'll tell you things like uh, what they've heard, you know, and you know, here and there in church from other people, like be good to your neighbor, you know, do unto others, or basically just be a good person. Uh, but they don't or have the any. other side, the rules, the Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah. You know, the, you can't have no fun as a Christian. A lot of people out there are under this misconception that you got to have some drinks to have fun. You got to get high to have fun. Yep. You know, we grew up in both of us on the dark side of things, made a lot of errors in our life. And yep, for me, definitely. especially, God pulled me out of the gutter to give me a new life. And um, because of that and the joy, and, and I've been walking with the Lord for like 33 years, free from all addictions and, and bondage that uh, the enemy had me wrapped up and, and ready for death. 
Um, it, but because of that joy that, that Jesus has come, I get this opportunity to speak his name and application of his word and show other people, you know, that there is a way and, 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 and Christ is no respecter of persons. So he doesn't love Shane or I any more than he loves any of you. Uh, and he's, his desire is to get people free from bondage and into his kingdom and into the light. And so part of the reason, you know, we want to bring this message is just because of the joy that Jesus put in our heart that despite the difficulties of life and pain and suffering and, and the trials that we go through, and we go through those, um, that Jesus is still faithful and there's hope. There's hope for you. And and so That's if right. you're going through some dark times and some difficulties in your life, uh, I'd invite you to stay tuned and, and just open up your heart to hear uh, what we're going to talk about. We'll talk through some scripture and, and we'll just share um, some personal stories as well to illustrate um, the truth of God's word. How it's uh, how it's been there for us, and how it's there there for you, and it's a living word, and that word is uh, alive, according to John chapter one. That's right, that's right. You know, there's a there's a darkness out there in this world. Um, things that uh, most people don't even have any idea about. They don't they don't have an idea, or they don't believe in it. Um, they don't realize, you know, what we're up against. Um, you know, there's a um, I keep going back to Ephesians six twelve. You know, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And uh, that's what we're up against. We're up against powers that you can't see but are at work in this world uh, to bring you down. Um, the devil doesn't want you to find find Jesus. He doesn't want you to have that in your life. He wants to take you down. So... Um, and there's so many ways that, that, that he does that. Uh, things you wouldn't even think. Things you think are totally okay. They, they're just fine that, you're, that you see on a daily basis or you do on a daily basis that you don't even realize is the enemy. Um, you know, making, um, you know, uh, getting, getting, his, getting his hooks in you. So, uh, you know, that's, that's something we're going we're gonna to touch on too. So, yeah. One of the scriptures that God put on my heart um, as... We were praying, and I'm kind of winging it here, um, but the Lord uh, it just was super significant in my personal life. It was a scripture that I'd read when I was in the military, and I'd like to tell you that I you know, just fell to my knees and accepted Jesus right then, but I was a real hard head, and I, I went the other way for several more years until I really got to the bottom of the barrel. But when I got to the bottom of the barrel, and I'll, I'll spare you my testimony for the current time, but just I was in a truck, and I was all alone, and I was, I was losing it. And I I'd really was at the end of my rope. Um, and in that place where I was, you know, convulsively crying, hating my life and who I'd become and not able to change, a slave to a lot of bad things, um, God brought this scripture back that I read in the, in the military some years earlier, and it was John chapter 3, and it's a story about Jesus and Nicodemus. Now, you can read this on your own, but I'm not going to read you the, all of the scripture. I'll just kind of give you just a paraphrase of it if I can. Basically, Jesus is visited by this guy who's a high ruler in the synagogue, a Pharisee. His name is Nicodemus. And he sneaks away by night, and he visits Jesus because he doesn't want his buddies to know what he's doing. But he, he acknowledges Jesus as rabbi. He says, Rabbi, 
We know that thou art a man come from God, for no one can do the miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus, instead of entertaining that conversation, he says in response, verily, verily, that means pay attention, because what I'm about to tell you now is of central importance. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, that except a man be born again of the spirit and of water, he shall in no way inherit the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> Nicodemus struggled with that. He says, um, can a man crawl a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? How do you, what do you mean, be born again? Jesus says, you know, not to marvel that I said be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so he says, consider the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going, but you know it's real. And the Holy Spirit is like that. And so the invitation that Jesus is making that Shane was alluding to earlier is really that acceptance of that free gift that Jesus is extending because of his sacrificial death. He died as a sacrificial lamb. He died in our stead to take upon his innocent body. He was free of all sin, even original sin from Adam because he wasn't Joseph's son. The Holy Spirit planted the seed of Mary. And that's what that immaculate birth is all about, immaculate conception. And so having the Holy Spirit in you and asking Jesus to come into your life, that's the radical transformation that took place in our lives, and that's what is on the table for you. Yep. Um, you know, God's Word makes it clear that we are engaged in warfare against Satan. We, we need the armor of God to be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Uh, people need to make no mistake that Satan only desires to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, I've been listening to atheists lately just to see what they uh, say and, um, you know, kind of get the idea in my mind that, uh, you know, what, what, what people are saying that others might be listening to that would, you know, cause them to, you know, to find fault or flaw with the word or, you know, come up with things. And they'll listen to these these uh, these guys, and one of them is uh, Sam Harris. Um, he's regarded as one of the most intellectual and well-spoken atheists out there today, and it's uh, it's obvious that the guy has no idea what he's talking about when it comes to the gospel. Um, he uh, debates a, a Christian apologist, William Lane Craig, at Notre Dame, and I watched that. One of the, the YouTube video that I found was it said, uh, Sam Harris destroys Christianity in 11 minutes, and I was like, oh, I got I to gotta hear this. And it was it was a joke. It really was. It was just because the the guy really doesn't have any real depth of understanding of what the gospel is. You know, at one point he says something like, uh, "Just because people were born in India, I think he used India as a reference." And he says, "Just because people are born in India into the wrong culture with the wrong gods, then they go to hell." And he said, "You know, that's not fair." Uh, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it, he also said something like, uh, "What was it that he said?" Um, uh, you know, if there's a God, uh, if there is a God, then, you know, he must be evil uh, to allow all these horrible things that happen in the world. You know, he talks about, you know, floods and thousands of babies being killed. And how could a God who loves us allow something like that to happen and blah, blah, blah. And all these things that he he goes on and on about how bad God must be if he's real. But in his mind, God's not real because none of that makes sense to him. But you know, it's it's obvious that, that he doesn't know anything. He's taken no time to really dig into the Scripture, and he won't. 
he won't dig into the scripture and learn this stuff. So all he can go by is what he thinks he knows. And he's putting that out there for people to, uh, you know, hear and, and uh, a lot of, some people buy right into it. You know, I mean, he, to, to a person who doesn't know the gospel, he's very convincing. Um, he's, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. People hear that, oh, yeah, yeah, there must not be a God. He's right. You know, I mean, that that is so damaging to a person. You know how hard it would be to overcome that, right, Dan? I mean, to people to overcome once they've heard an atheist like that give some kind of a speech where they get in their head, you know, they get into the head of a, of a person who doesn't know Christ, doesn't know anything about the gospel, and says all these things, and it gets in their head, and they're like, oh, he's right. You know, that makes a lot yeah. of sense, you know? I, I think most of the people that are, are talking like that, you know, they, they're coming from a place of bitterness. They've had some things happen to them, maybe at the hands of people that called themselves Christians. Yep. You know, sometimes uh, there's a lot of people that go to church and, um, you know, they give a pretty poor representation of Christ in everyday life. And the things that they do create wounds and hurt people and, uh, and people are damaged. And so they, a lot of times they're, they're venting out of that poison that happened to them, you know, and, and they fell victim to, or other times, um, you know, people do take a bent on evil. But if you really are atheist, you know, then um, why, do, why do you feel a need to take such a hard stance against Christianity? Yeah. Those same guys are not talking um, in Muslim crowds against Allah no. or any other religious group against their God. They're, they're, they're coming staunchly against Christianity. And... Uh, the love of Christ is still there for him, and, and we do pray for him. We do. Um, but it's a bitterness, and, and that bitter root, the Bible talks about that, and it, it really brings poison into your life. That's It's a hard thing to get past because you have to forgive yourself and you have to forgive God. And uh, you know, we don't really have a right to hold a grudge against God in the grand scheme of things, but no. some people don't know that. And, right. and so they got to get to a place where they can forgive God and they got to forgive themselves. Bad things happen to people. And yep. uh, sometimes everyone does blame God as if he was in control of everything. You know, we hear people talk about God is in control and he is in a large scale of things, but he does not uh, control everything or we would be auto automatrons. You know, we would be mindless robots. Yep. He wants us to come to him out of love yep. and of our own free will. That's right. And that's the only kind of love that it really is uh, of free will that matters. Is because, you know, there's people that intimidate their wives and beat them into submission to tell them, give them instructions. You do this. You meet me at the door every day at such and such a time. You have my pipe ready, my slippers ready. You have dinner on the table, and you give me a kiss and you tell me you love me. Yeah, that and, 50s, and if 50s they, mentality. Or, or in other cultures, you know, it's still going on today. Oh, yeah. Even in America, it still goes on today. Yep. Um, but that none of, all of that stuff, intimidation and control and bullying tactic, has nothing to do with Christianity. None. And uh, if you could control someone to do that, let me ask you a question. When she said, I love you, in all of those orders, and she said, I love you, would she really mean it? Not if you're not if you're forcing her under submission. I mean, making her submit like that, right? Then no, it's not real. And so that's like that with God too. He wants us to come to Him out of love because yeah. you know He gives us free will, and He doesn't want to force the decision. It would be meaningless. Yeah, He wants He gives us love. He shows us amazing love. Yeah, and then He wants us to come back to Him and 
in love. We you know, I want to go back to what you were saying a minute ago about, um, about you know, Christianity specifically being under fire like that. You know, I mean, if you come to some, you know, went to a group of friends and went, hey, you know, I decided to become Buddhist or, you know, I've been doing yoga for a while and my swami or whatever you call him, uh, you know, he's, I, he's making a lot of sense and I've decided to become Buddhist. You know, they would be like, all right, man, you know, that's great. Good to hear. I'm glad to hear you. You're getting spiritual. That's a big buzzword they like to use nowadays in the new age. You're so, you're so spiritual. He's so spiritual. You know, or, or if you uh, went, oh, I'm, I'm going Muslim. You know, I've, I've decided to follow Allah or whatever. It's, oh, man, that's good. I'm glad to hear. But if you tell them, I'm going to follow Jesus, they're like, oh, you know, are they quiet now? No, they're not going to praise that. You know, it's always, it always seems to be Christianity specifically that's under fire, you know. Well, so many of the religions of the world will hold hands and, and sing kumbaya yeah. and, and agree to uh, disagree about certain points. But the exclusivity of Christ is the thing that sets Christianity apart because even in love, um, you know, we're not trying to force anything down anyone's throat. No. But, and neither is Jesus, but he, he makes a offer and he is exclusive. And he says that I am the way, the truth and the life. And no man comes to the father except through me. That's right. And that, that means that Jesus is the, the way that he bridged a gap for us to pay the price for our sin. Um, and, and he's not, doing that through all these different religious models um they are there there's a another new age expression that there's you know a thousand uh, ways of enlightenment a thousand roads of enlightenment yeah and that's not true there's a thousand ways that lead to hell there's only one way and one truth and one life and so the exclusivity of christ um, a lot of people look at that as restrictive and you know but we can't create God in our image, not reality. I mean, people do that all the time. Oh, yeah. And we create a God in our image so that we don't have to have conscience about the sin, so we'll create these flawed gods that it's okay to do this sin, that sin, um, in that religious structure. But in Christ Jesus, you know, he's calling us to live in holiness. He calls us to live um, without sin. And even, even though we do, we know that's where grace and favor comes in. And then... Grace and favor is a whole different topic. I mean, you can't take that as a license to kill. We don't have a license to sin. But we do have, um, like a good father, if he's walking along and we fall down, a good father doesn't just leave you in the mud and continue to walk away from you. He comes back and he, he dusts you off and he, he picks you up and he says, come on, son, let's keep walking. And that's kind of what God is like. He keeps us in the right direction, keeps us, um, and but that's, like I said, it's still an exercise of free will all the way through. You have every, all of religion kind of boils down to me and, and Christianity even is, is that we're on a path. We have a decision tree coming ahead of us. You have a choice to go right or left. In that decision tree, we're, according to God's word, we're supposed to be consulting him in which way to go. Mm-hmm. And if we pray, and he will speak to our heart. If we're asking him sincerely as his child, what do you want me to do? I'm going to go right. I'm going to go left. And what what happens is um, God says in His Word that He casts a light on our path where He wants us to step, and that way we don't step into a pit or we don't step off a cliff. And so, if we obey the light, because we're children of the light, we'll talk about that in a minute. But if we follow the light, we follow this journey. A lot of times at that decision tree, when you're looking at the way that God is saying go right here, 
and you look and you don't see the reason why. It's like, I don't get it. Why do you want me to go right there? If I'm looking left, I see a lot of people are going there. There's some good short-term gains there. I can see how this is going to be an advantage for me. And your flesh will want to go left. But God is saying, no, go this way. And there you have it. If you take a step of obedience at that juncture, and then every fork in the road, you continue to take steps of obedience, and you consult God, and he shows you the way. What you'll see looking back is you've been walking in a supernatural path of becoming more like Jesus and less like your old self. And the miracles of God, the, the favor of his hand is on your life. And, and that's amazing. That is where, you know, transformation happens. And uh, there's really nothing attractive about old Dan. The old Dan is someone I, I try to crucify daily. I'm still living in this fleshly body, so he still rears his ugly head, and he's selfish, and he's uh, self-centered and egotistical, and you name it. Yep. But uh, the more I'm yielding to God and, and, and trying to humble myself before him, listen to his direction, obey what he says to do, the more I see supernatural results poured out on my life, on my family, on my wife, our relationship, our marriage of 32 and a half years, our kids, our new grandbaby, you know. And, and so much in picking us up out of, out of Michigan and, and relocating us to Texas um, during the recession, you know, and selling our house for us. And just the strings of miracles that happened just in that little bit, but mm-hmm. oh, so many other places along the way, even the very meeting of Shane and, and Chelsea, his, his beautiful wife, um, just at Sam's, you know, in a, in a yeah. checkout line at the exact same place and time where God wanted us to be. Yeah, we've talked about that so many times, how – how much of a divine appointment that was. I mean, it was. It was just that we there. And see, that's the thing. You go back to people like uh, Sam Harris, who talks, talks about ver- the very little that he knows about God. He'll, he doesn't experience things like that, like we experience as being Christians in our Christian walk, being appointed these divine appointments like this. Me and me and Chelsea meeting Dan and Marion like we did that, that, that Saturday. We had no idea. And we never, I never go to Sam's. Chelsea drugged me to Sam's that, that Saturday, and, and we just struck up a conversation in line, and now look at us. I mean, we're doing a podcast together. I mean, we've been friends a long time now, but, I mean, it's it's just, you, you know, that, that you look back on that whole series of events, and it was totally set up by God, every bit of it. He knew exactly where this was headed and what we were going to be end up doing. So, you know, it's just, it's you know, people that, that, that will not, they won't experience those things if they don't get into a relationship with Jesus Christ, if they don't seek him daily, read their Bible daily, pray every day and, and talk to him. And, and, you know, that's, that's how God speaks to us is through the word, through the Bible. You know, you're not going to get that. So, you know, to you or to, to them, you know, those that I was talking about a minute ago, that's what they see. They see death and, oh, this, you know, how can there be a God that, you know, you know, if all these terrible things are happening because they don't know God. They don't, you know, if they would take the time, you know, to to actually, you know, read and learn and 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 develop. Sanctification is a process. Yeah, I like it that. It is. That's true. Sanctification is a process. It's something that you that you uh, that you have to you know put put serious time. It's like working out or anything else. I mean, you've got to build it over time, and it takes time to do that. Yeah. So. Faith is like a muscle. Sanctification is a process. You gotta exercise it, and and you gotta listen and obey. And th- and you don't get 
patience, like a download of patience overnight. You, you actually have to go through difficulties and trials yeah. and tribulations and then yield in your, in your faithfulness to, to God, yield your will to his will, and you'll, you'll grow in these areas. But, I, you know, the, some of the people that I find that really put other people off, people like me, um, is uh, the ones that are coming to you with this, uh, this big smile that's kind of plastic face, and they tell you that they're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, brother. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then when we come to say, hey, well, let's go down and do some ministry, and, you know, let's go down to the south side here. Let's go where these people need help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said the south side. No, and, and there, there's really fear there. Yeah. And, and it's because this is this, this Christian jargon and, and these, um, you know, these little phrases being thrown out. Uh, and, and it becomes like a, a cliche. It's not, it's not genuine, you know. And so uh, God knows your heart and he knows if you're being real. And and I I can't stand the fakeness. I don't think God can stand the fakeness. I think it's uh, something that, that it, it you know when children can smell hypocrisy. Oh yeah. If you're if you're uh, telling them you know do as I say and then you do the opposite, they can sense that in a minute, and they will look for that first opportunity they get to rebel. And they'll yep. take it. Yep. So exactly. um, we got to be real. Well, we got to be genuine about it. I see it. that on a daily basis. <laughs> Let me just talk about that darkness, though, that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, the, the gathering darkness is a real thing. You know, I've, I've done some messages on this about even the, uh, oh, what's the name of the movie that was out? It was just a, a, a goofy movie from Germany. It's, it's like a child's film. Um, but it was pretty interesting storyline. It had a Treyu and this, this white dragon that he flew around on. Oh, um, never-ending story? Never-ending story. Thank uh, you. That's so, it. Yeah. So, in that story, there was this never-ending, this gathering darkness that was coming, right? And and you and you could see it, and so it was consuming everything in its path, yeah, and bringing destruction. And that's kind of very representative of where we're at. Oh yeah, in this world right now, we're we're gathering, you know, we're gathering. The darkness is coming all around us, just like when you pulled up today. That thunderstorm rolled in quick. Yep, right? it did. Um, and. I, <laughs> Once, once I was a little boy, I went up to Canada with my dad, and I was probably only eight. Just a little skinny runt, you know. And uh, we went out in this lake, and we're fishing, and a thunderstorm rolled up, much like the one that came out here today, coming quick out of nowhere. And we're out in the middle of this lake in canoes. My dad's in a different canoe. He was in, I was with some of his friends. So everybody starts heading for shore real quick. And these guys, um, you know, by the time we get there, it's already wind blowing, the water's choppy, and rain is coming down hard, and it's dark. That's scary. And so um, they said, hey, look, just go up here, and then the second path to the right, and then make a right, and you'll be back at camp just up that hill about a half a mile. So they were going to put the canoes up, and then sent me on ahead. Uh-oh. So, yeah, you know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're way up in yep. an area where it says the Canadian Wilderness Roads area. This area is not kept by the government. Oh, man. And uh, enter at your own risk. Oh. You know what I mean? Way before cell phones was invented. When, You're thinking Sasquatch. Well, I was thinking <laughs> wolves and bears. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so I, I must have made a wrong turn somewhere, and I, I'm, I'm on how old, this road. How old were you during this eight, time? Eight. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> really young. So... I'm heading around, you know, up, and it's just getting increasingly darker. The storm's getting more intense, and I'm realizing I'm lost in the Canadian wilderness, and I don't know, you know, where camp is. I don't know where my dad is. Oh, man. And I'm scared, and I'm alone out there, and uh, it, it was a very uh, 
upsetting time for sure you know so you couldn't see my tears because it was raining so hard but i was crying and i was lost and uh, all of a sudden i hear this faint uh hum of an engine and i look up and at the top of this hill a beam of light starts to shoot up and then it crests over the top of the hill and here's my big old 250 pound daddy riding on a little honda 50 Oh man! looking for me come over that hill you know and down the road towards me where i was at and so i was never so glad to see oh i bet on that bike um and so he he comes up to me and he gets me home but it's kind of like that for us in this world and all the craziness that's spinning around us we're in this gathering darkness and if you look jesus is the light Jesus is the light at the top of that hill. And, and, and if you're in a place where, you know, it's scary and you don't know if you're going to step into a trap or fall into a pit or, or go into a hole or your financial situations are bad or you've, got, you've been given a prognosis about cancer or you've got loved ones that are suffering and struggling with addiction or maybe you are yourself and you tried everything and you couldn't get out, you're in this darkness. Jesus is that light. And he is the hope of the world. And in a personal relationship with Christ, you can be freedom. And, and that, all you got to do is ask him into your heart. We'll, we'll, we'll walk you through that a little bit here. Yep. You know, and that's something else I think I think I want to want to try to do with this. I hadn't had a chance to really mention it to you yet. But, you know, um, I, think, I think, you know, with us putting this information out for people, um, you know, the idea is to get, you know, as many people listening that we can and to draw in those that don't know Christ and that need to know. And, uh, I want to give them an opportunity to be able to get in touch with us and, uh, reach out to us through email or, or, uh, maybe ultimately phone calls in or something like that and answer some questions. I'm not real sure how we'll do that yet, but I do think that's important. I think we need to, uh, you know, be able to reach out to people and talk to people. I mean, I want to know that we're making it, uh, making an impact in that area. I mean, that's the whole point of this. You know, so, um, you know, it's to, it's to reach people and uh, to inform and to and to reach people for Christ. That's what we're doing this for. So, um, you know, uh, this this whole endeavor started. Dan uh, had been wanting to uh, start a church for a while, and um, I'd been kind of pushing him in that direction, too, going, hey, when, we, when are you going to get this going? He's built a, a really nice building, and uh, uh, we finally uh, got it started, what, a month ago? Month, I guess. Maybe three weeks ago yeah, or something. Three weeks, yeah. something like that. And so far, it's just it's just us. It's just us and our wives and stuff. But but we've got some more people that are starting to come or going to be coming here pretty soon. I've put a few invitations out. And I know you have. But you know, that's a good way to reach people too. But I think that's when we started talking about you know reaching people in this in this medium. You know, doing a doing a podcast and trying to reach out to people that way. And I think that uh, that it uh, would be behoove us to give them an, an inlet to us you know some kind of yeah. a some kind of a, a way to reach us and yeah you know, we, we got to be personable and approachable and and definitely don't, you know i don't then the name of the church is actually humble endings yeah so that's uh the idea is really because there's kind of an upside downness of when we do church like american business model as not what god intended for uh-huh. it to be you know, and a lot of people are looking for success, and I get the, you know, yeah, you get power if you have people, and 
and um, numbers and stuff like that and ties and that you get an ability to impact the community. But, man, what we're seeing is a whole lot of error coming in through doctrine and dogma and Definitely. pastors are falling left and right. And, uh, you know, the, the pyramid model, which is right on the back of the dollar bill, is not God's way. That symbol is a satanic symbol. It's Masonic yes, it is. in order. And it's got the, you know, the words Maximilian written across, 13 steps, nothing but, you know, satanic imagery and, and symbology there. And it says on there in Latin, which is a dead language, anuit coceptus norvus oro seculorum, which means in Latin, it means uh, in English, anuit coceptus is a, a new society or a prosperous society. And uh, then... Novus Ordo Secularum is a new order of secularism. So right next to where it says, in God we trust, on the back of the dollar bill, since like a 34, I think, they've had this symbol and this statement that says we're going to be a, a prosperous society because we're going to be a society without God. Mm-hmm. And so in, in God we trust isn't talking about God of the Bible on no. our dollar bill. No. And so there's, a, there's an upside-downness to the pyramid structure you know, in Egypt, there's no pyramids in America. You know where the pyramids are in America? Mm-hmm. I'm, outside of Vegas, I mean, they built some place there that looks like a pyramid. But um, there's none. No. And and really it has nothing to do with our, our currency. It shouldn't be on there. So um, in our church, we're seeing a lot of this burnout because the pastor's on top and he's surrounded by his church board and he's got the elders and he's got the maybe associate pastors and and the in the tiers going down you'll have people that are doing frontline ministries and your your music team and worship team and then you know your your people that are taking care of the kids etc on down to the people that are interfacing with the laity the, the the people that are actually coming and that's all upside down it is because the the burnout and the attack and the inroads for the enemy is because we're following this pyramid model. Instead, it should be inverted, where the pastor is at the very bottom, just like Jesus. He stripped down to his loincloth, wrapped a towel around his waist, and he went and washed his disciples' feet. Yep. He said, "That which I've done, now you go and do likewise." Yep. So we're supposed to love and serve each other, and I do that in my life. I have ministries that. We go, and I never take any money for that we serve people that are, the Bible says, like the least of these, the poor, the hungry, the helpless, the, right. the widows, the, the children, the orphans, the, the homeless, the prostitutes, the addicts, the people. That's, that's where, and I'm telling you, it's so crazy. When you, when you do this service thing for real with a pure heart, it changes your heart. Oh, yeah. And it's a lot like... Uh, I like this if, if like I'm tell people this and if if you look at a lot of Christians in life in their personal life, they're a lot like extension cords that are wrapped up and neatly hung on a nail in the side of your garage. Uh-huh. They're full of potential, but they're not doing anything. That's a good analogy. And so when we actually plug into the people that Jesus bled and died for, that he loves desperately. Yes. And he wants us to go reach those people. Then, then we actually have, and we plug into God, who's the source of the power source, right? Then his power travels through us as we do what we're created to do. Yeah. And we actually receive a bigger blessing than the people that were there blessing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, you come it away more, more filled up, more 
full of the Holy Ghost more blessed than the people that you bless. Yep. What was that scripture that you were bringing up earlier um, about uh, the warfare? Oh, warfare. it's Ephesians six. Um, Ephesians six thirteen. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Ephesians six twelve. Yeah, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I mean, we're talking about spiritual warfare, and what a lot of people don't talk about even much in church, really, is that uh, there is this other dimension, a fifth dimension. You know, I mean, we mentioned that a little bit in the conversation earlier, is that the very first album I ever got when I was a kid was The Fifth Dimension, you know, Marilyn McCoo in The Fifth Dimension, and the name of the song was Aquarius. And there was so much about that that's new age um, deception. Mm -hmm. And and, and I didn't realize it. You know, I listened to the songs, and like so many other, um, you know, so many of us, uh, the TV, the things that you watch, um, they actually influence and impact your mind, and there are spiritual warfare involved in the very giving of the message. And the fact that the media is all controlled by, you know, six families that are really mm-hmm. dominating the world. Um, you know, the, I'll just go ahead and say it. The Illuminati is real. Yeah. And if you're going to tune me out and say, oh, he's a conspiracy theorist, then <laughs> go right ahead. Yeah. But here's the thing, y'all. If you're a Christian, you believe Jesus is real, right? And if Jesus is real, and the Bible that is written is truth, then he's got a real enemy. And That's the right. enemy's name's Satan. He was Lucifer. He was a four-winged cherub. You know, one-third one of all the angels actually decided to worship him when he rebelled, and there was a war in heaven. They were cast down to this earthly plane, and, and they do warfare, but they're not uh, three-dimensional beings. Nope. Like us, well, we're really four-dimensional yeah. because of time. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. But the fifth dimension is where angels and demons do warfare. And that's one of the reasons is I've been doing a lot of, um, you can call it drug rehab counseling, but it's really application of God's word so that p- people can get free from the drug life. I've been working with this organization for probably 12, 13 years and with another one before that and on the streets in Detroit before that. And here's the thing. Um, If you enter that fifth dimension without the armor that's talked about in God's word, the armor, the the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and the helmet of righteousness and the breastplate of righteousness and everything girt about with the the belt of truth and the shield, don't forget your shield, that you can quench the fiery darts of the enemy, the shield of faith. Sword is sword. Sword of truth. Sword, which is God's word. The The only offensive. Sword is the word, yeah. Yeah, the word. What's truth? I forgot. Is it? I can't. Click I can't remember. That. Well, I've got it right here in front of me. It's uh, it's uh. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and have having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate breast breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. 
So when, when are you supposed to take that armor off? Never. Right. It doesn't say take it off. No. It's saying put it Just on. Just put it on. Leave it on. Put it on and leave it Go on. Go to bed in it. Yep. That's right. And, and the thing is, when, when, when people decide that they're going to enter the fifth dimension underneath some artificial means, like drugs will do, they'll take you into a, an altered state where you actually can be in this supernatural realm and people see bizarre things. It's not just all hallucinogenic. It's actually a glimpse into this fifth dimension. But you're going into a dimension where these beings hate you and want to destroy you, especially if you know Christ. And I've seen a lot of guys that have been coming through the program and they've been getting free and really learning about how to apply God's word and they desperate situations were overcome and, and relationships were restored and they yeah. get back out there. And if they start, it's always kind of the same thing. The same story I hear is that they, they, they got into this high-stress situation at work and things weren't going so good at them and, and they, they got upset about some things and, and started to hear this whispering that, you know, it's okay just to have a beer. It's, you know, you're, oh, yeah. you're stressed, just, just go relax. back. And, yeah, you deserve it. You know, you made it through the program. You're yeah. good now. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of break off from the, the accountability partners that they yeah. had. Now that you've been through the program, you know how to handle it. You right. can handle it yeah. now that you've been that through pride, this. Right. That little, that wheedling, that little, that little voice. You can right. handle and, it And now. they stop reading their word. That's right. And, and, and when they start to break fellowship, then they're easy target. And, and, and when they go back out into that dimension, they take drugs or they do get drunk and, and get, get into this older state. You know, I've heard stories about how crazy the devil was trying to kill them. I mean, yeah. just trying to make them nuts and, and just that they would never, ever be able to come back again. They well, and it's, and it's terrified looks on their faces. Oh, I bet. And yeah. it's usually during those times when people die. Because they go back into thinking they can party at the level they were partying at whenever they quit, but they can't. They can't handle it. Their bodies can't handle it because they've cleaned up and everything, and they'll go back into hitting the same height that they were hitting back then, and it kills them. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, the terif- that's one of the terrifying things of it. That's how a lot of people die OD, you know, have problems like that that, um, that you know, they, they think they've got it licked and they know what they're doing, and um, they get back into it after they've gone through these programs, that's why they're, and that's a whole podcast on its own. The, the, um, the, um, uh, recovery, the whole recovery business and everything. I'm not talking about HOD that you're into. And that's a completely different animal. I'm talking about like the, the recovery centers that, that people go to. Right. Not necessarily Christ centered. Not at all. And they're, well, that's what they'll do. I, I know a little bit about some of these, some of these. And, uh, you know they'll you know they use a lot of them use the AA uh, you know for uh, format you know they they use the Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous which is all based on the I get it yeah, yeah I went blue, through all that I yeah, tried all that yeah the blue, none of that worked for the me blue book well they 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 have it set on if you read the book and they they go through it they they tell you first of all to get yourself a higher power yeah now now the guy who originally created AA he he was a Christian and his higher power was God was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but moving forward, a lot of people, well, I don't believe in God, but they don't want him to quit the program. So they say, well, you know, it doesn't matter what your higher power is. Just pick a higher power. I, had a, I, heard I don't know a girl, if you ever remember the, reading this scripture, but it, and I can't give you a chapter and verse for it, but it's, it says in the, when, in the word that when they serve the, their gods, lowercase g, yeah. that they're actually worshiping demons. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but that's I had a uh, there was a girl one time I heard talking about it. You know she was she was giving a speech about how she'd come through, 
you know, uh, getting off off of you know drugs or alcohol or whatever it was that she was on, but that she didn't believe in God. But her higher power was a doorknob. She had, she had created that was her higher power. She had to have something that was a higher power, and that was what she believed in was this doorknob. She had to pick something, and they told her that she had to have a higher power, and so that's what she did. She picked a doorknob. Couldn't believe it. I was like, really? <laughs> and that got you a off drugs. A lot of people are out there who want to believe in a lot of crazy things I mean, because they there are. Well, you know, and we're going back to kind of the people that uh, sometimes have given a bad rap on Jesus. You know, if you got somebody who's a deacon in the church and he's taking his kids home and his wife home and, and she says something that he feels is out of place and he starts slapping her around and beats those kids and, and the, the whole church doesn't know about it and he goes back next week with his fake smile up front mm-hmm. and his important man in town and deacon in the church yeah. but he's actually a monster. You know, I mean, that's... That's really where a lot of people get that foul taste and then and, and yep. do everything to run the other way yep. because they, they've seen a very bad representation. If you had a bad father in your life, and we're looking at you know statistics for people that are struck up, stuck into the homosexual lifestyle and really don't want to be, but they, they, almost in every instance, they, they had a bad relationship or no relationship with their father. Right. And that's, there's really a full-on attack in our society against the fathers in families. Um, television shows always make the fathers out to be idiots. And uh, even the government has put it, you know, like through welfare, for example. Right. You can't collect welfare if you've got a father in the home. Oh, absolutely. Which is absurd. Yeah. And, and, and just leaving them children open to be, you know, groomed by people on the street. There's nobody that loves those kids more than their mother and their father. Yeah. You know, and a mother as good as a mother can be can't be a father. No. And a father as good as a father can be, the best father in the world can't be a mother. Nope. Nothing close to it, right? Nope. That's right. So. There's a generation uh, out there right now that is being raised by mothers almost exclusively. There's there's a huge amount of, and I mean men, they're boys that are, that are being brought up by their mothers. Yeah. And um, there's no father in the house at all. And, uh, you know, it's just um, a, a father figure in the life of children I mean, a mother figure is extremely important. Don't don't mean to. I don't mean to be downplaying mothers at all. But a father is the strength of the family. He's the spiritual head of the family. He's the one that is supposed to be doing the teaching and the guiding in those directions. And when he's not there, when that when that you know that empty space is in that family, and that's what that's that's another thing that we're going to be getting into here. Uh, that's a whole episode we've got coming up. That's. Um, that I think is is another reason we uh, we brought this podcast along is the attack that Satan has on the on the family in this country. I mean, or in this world, period. But mainly, you know, in the U.S., there's Satan is trying everything to destroy the family, and um, you see it with the LGBTQ community. Um, they are they are 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 putting that out there where it's there's almost there's not a show out there a, a TV show a series. Um, a movie that comes out that doesn't have that element in it somewhere. And every time they do it, you accept it a little bit more. It, it right. becomes acceptable a little bit more. You know, 10, 20 years ago, it was completely unacceptable. And then they did it again, and they did it again, and they did it again. And every time they do it, it's more acceptable. It's just a little bit easier to swallow. And that's what they're trying to get to, to where it's and just it's, completely it's mainstream. I mean, it's 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 war. We've been. It is war. War has been declared on us, in in the physical realm. Those yeah. things that manifested from the spiritual realm have have now manifested in the physical realm, and and there is a, a huge attack against the families, against children, 
uh, against innocence and um, you know it's a war and and that's why we were talking about the the whole armor of God that he put on and so the another scripture that I want to bring up that's very relative and ties together with that whole armor of God which was uh, in Ephesians is in Corinthians and it's chapter 10 starting with verse 3 I'm just going to read three verses here and it says for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. And so we're talking about a real warfare that's, yeah. even though we're fleshly bodies, and we talked a little bit earlier about that fifth dimension, we're, we're doing war in that fifth dimension. Yep. And we don't use fleshly carnal weapons. We're not talking about ballistic missiles, nukes, or tanks or anything machine guns yeah or even you know a handgun none of that stuff a sword won't you do any good except for the word that's right that type of sword but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty and they're spiritual through the through god to the pulling down of strongholds that means you know where the enemy has a stronghold what would they would do is they'd kind of go up to a a big city and and they would get as close as they could and they'd fortify an area as close as they could to the city and they would start pouring in resources there and begin developing their strategy to take the city down. And, and, and that's kind of what the enemy is doing. He's a good strategist, and he's always on his job. Mm-hmm. He's studied humanity for thousands of generations, and he, he knows what kind of buttons to push. He knows what temptations work. He knows all sin is common to man. You know, yeah. the things, when I started giving my testimony, uh, there's never a time when people don't come up and say, man, it sounded like you were reading my testimony, <laughs> you know? And and so they're, they're relating with it because of the kind of things that I did wrong, kind of things they did wrong, yeah. you know? And, and so that it's, it's a good thing that when we can share our testimony, we knock down some spiritual walls. We knock down some, some strongholds. The Revelations, it says that, the, the, how does it go? about our testimonies uh, through the, oh yeah we through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that's that's how we knock down these these strongholds through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony yeah and and so it's important for us to share because the devil's always trying to get you to believe that you're the only one you're a freak you're something weird about you you're you're a special case and you're never going to make it you're never going to mount anything and nobody cares what you're saying because you're obsolete you're insignificant and so you know that all of those things people have heard, those types of whisperings. Yeah. But, and when we share with each other what we've been through and, and, and what we fell for and what our sin was and then how Jesus brought victory, we're actually you know, knocking down some of those walls of, and lies of the devil that tell people that they're without hope and, and give them hope that in Jesus there, there's hope because the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're, they're mighty through the pulling down of these strongholds. Yeah, and we cast down imaginations and every high thing that acknowledges itself against the knowledge of God. That's good, Dan. That's really good. Well, we're uh, we're getting to the point now where uh, we're coming up on an hour, and uh, that's about about the amount of time we've given ourselves this time, anyway. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for the evening, and um, and. Uh, our plan is for the future to be putting out uh, at least one podcast a week. 
So uh, we hope you will tune in and uh, listen to us. Uh, we'll we'll get better. Uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get better with our with our message and with our. Uh, with, I think our message was pretty good tonight, but um, but I mean, we'll see. Our opener, <laughs> yeah, it's our opener. So uh, I felt God you know, move. I, I, I hope y'all uh, could hear some things tonight that maybe of use to you, you know, and, and look up those scriptures and meditate on those things. Definitely. And spend time in prayer. Um, We're going to get it out there where, where if y'all need to, if anybody needs to, they can reach out to us. Um, and uh, we would be glad to uh, at least to get back with you via email or, or uh, maybe eventually on some phone in stuff and stuff like that. We'd like to do that. But uh, like I said, this is a, this is a, a, a growing animal. We've just now kind of started with it. So bear with us. Um, and uh, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I just want to say that uh, we love you, and Jesus loves you. Yes. And and I want you to really think and think about that for a second. The, the God of the universe, the Creator of all, the the Infinite One, who who was he actually spoke this world into existence, stepped down from being the Creator and became a creature. A man. He became a little baby. And and uh, and went through everything, you know, from, you know, having to have his diapers changed to uh, kids bullying him and speaking to him, calling him everything except who he was. Yep. So he can relate with everything that we've been through. Ultimately, he lived uh, and went live in his ministry at 33 years old, and from from 30 rather to 33. Yeah. And and the whole thing, you know, that we celebrate is that he rose again from the dead. Yeah. He died on the cross. He's, he paid the price for your sin. He did. And he is not dead. Paid it horribly. Yeah, but he's alive. Yeah, he's, he's alive. alive. And, and he's risen. And so there's hope. And so no matter how dark it looks, remember that light at the top of the hill is Jesus. It is. So I just wanted to share that with you, and, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Yeah. All right. You want to well, pray? I pray to sin. You want to pray us yeah, out? Yeah, I'll pray us out. Father God, thank you for the opportunity that we've got to uh, come to come to people through this this um, this technology uh, to reach out to a wider audi- audience than we than we can you know just uh, meeting one on one or or in a church setting. Lord, we ask that you bless this um, this endeavor and uh, guide us um, as we as we reach out to people um, that we say the right things, not. Um, not offend anyone that uh, too too badly where we would uh, make them you know turn away, but but to um, you know bring them in and have them have them at least ask questions or or uh, or to um, you know pursue this uh, to a deeper level. But um, Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for for Dan. Thank you for uh, his insight and his intelligence and his. Uh, learned mind um, he's got so much to offer this and uh, Lord we thank you for him and um, thank you for our lives and for your your pain and suffering that you've gone through for our for our benefit Lord for uh, for our ability to be able to walk with you someday and Lord we look forward to that time and we thank you and we pray these things in Jesus mighty name amen, amen. God bless God bless everybody